get stuffed. Hello and welcome back to Double Stuff Cinema. This is episode number 35. I'm Tyler. I'm Shrey. I'm Andrew. And we are joined today by a special first-time guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? My name is Aaron, and it's a pleasure to be here with you all today. Of course. Uh, We are here today. We're recording on July 3rd, but you're going to be hearing this on July 4th. So appropriately, we will be discussing Hamilton, uh, which was just released on Disney+. Plus. Uh, we all got a chance to watch it today, see the stage version on screen. Uh, I think Andrew for the first time as well. So Yeah, I've never seen it before. I yeah. also want to make a note, there might be some firework noises. Yeah, some people getting an early start on 4th of July. Um, so, but yeah, sorry. All good. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about, I guess, what we liked, what we didn't like about the show, and also maybe discussing a bit of the show's legacy five years down the line, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, with that, anybody want to get started? Tell us what they liked, what they didn't like. How about you, Andrew? This was your first time seeing the okay, show. yeah. Um, so I don't know how well, I can't really compare it to seeing it like in person. Uh, but I really like the show, you know, I feel like all of the acting is superb. You know, their voices are really good. Um, who's the guy that plays Aaron Burr again? Leslie Odom Jr. Okay. His like falsetto, (laughs) whatever. That was like blew me away. I don't know. He can sing so high, and I was like, this is awesome. Uh, But one thing, uh, so that was really cool. A lot of the staging was really cool. Um, I felt like sometimes, you know, how they kind of slowed down time, or like in the show, they would slow down time, and everyone would be like moving in slow motion, and they'd have like all these different people in like tan or white costumes, just like kind of being background motion. But it worked really well because, I don't know, you didn't really notice them, you know, which was really interesting. And I really like that. So there's a lot of things like that that are included in this show that I really enjoyed having in it. Uh, Yeah, my take on it just first seeing it was very good, very entertaining. And it went by really fast. You know, they filled up the time. Yeah, it was it's two hours and 40 minutes, too. So it's very impressive. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't like drag, which is a testament to the writing and uh, the whole high energy aspect of the show. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right, Tyler, what, yeah. do you, what do you want to say about this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so there's a couple of things that I absolutely love about uh, Hamilton. And I actually was fortunate enough to, to see it couple years ago in Chicago it wasn't the Broadway version uh, but it was um, you know still amazing and you know one of my I think my favorite character is uh, you know Chris Jackson's George Washington um, 
I don't know how you guys feel about Washington's character, but he is awesome. He's like this awesome mentor character. Yeah. Uh, every one of his songs is so powerful. Like some of the other characters, you know, like they they have like their ups and downs and some of them, you know, make mistakes throughout the 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 musical. But like, I feel like Washington's character is just like so resolute and so, you know, uh, just such a good mentor to to Hamilton. And I think that that's a relationship that you don't really learn about. Um, at least I never learned about. So that was really cool. That was a really refreshing thing to see kind of represented. Um, and another thing that I love, and I think Angie kind of touched on this, but just like how the entire musical is either, you know, sung or, or wrapped through basically in its entirety. Um, there's like that really had never been done in any musical, at least any popular musical that I'm aware of. Um, and for me, that just like stands out as being, uh, total groundbreaking innovation in, in like what a musical can be. Uh, and for, for me, that's just one of my favorite things. Like every time I listen to the music and I've, I've heard the songs like hundreds of times, and, mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of them by heart, like they're, they're just really close to me and I, I love them all. So I would say those two things are probably my, my favorite aspects. of Hamilton. Yeah, I think the show is very energetic and bombastic and it's very exciting to watch. Um, even like in things as basic as cabinet meetings, like he turns those into rap battles. Yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah. They're super fun. It's a very engaging way to keep the audience engaged. And I think he's also able, or they're actually able to use the stage for, all those creative things like Andrew mentioned, mm-hmm. like slowing down time and everything. And oh, you're satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the whole right. rewinding everything. Yeah. That's such a cool that's, moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, any, the whole stage turning is really a really cool vehicle for storytelling. I think because yeah. it's able to show time. It's able to show like movement and motion and like the hurricane song, I think also has, mm-hmm. they like use the spinning stage for that. And I really enjoy that. I think on a production standpoint, Hamilton is like one of the most impressive things I've ever seen, um, like in film or stage, like just yeah. everything is firing on all cylinders. And I think that's very cool. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, um, I think one really important thing to note is that they kind of, I don't know. I feel like they contrast the simplicity of the set with the like complexities of the blocking and the motion and the choreography and like you said that rotating stage i mean i literally i took notes because like yeah i'm a nerd i get it (laughs) but um i literally wrote the rotating stage is easily one of the best physical aspects like period because it can add like i felt that it opened the stage up a lot especially because the stage that um that the original broadway cast performed on and i think like the one in chicago um was not very wide so initially i feel like when i sat in the theater when i saw it live i was like how are they gonna pull this off like the duels and everything but that rotating set made it just feel so much more spread out and like they were really moving like during the schuyler sisters like it felt like they were really like strutting around downtown they were going somewhere they were walking by people i just love mm-hmm. that like it's such a fantastic way to 
make something so simple become something more. And it kind of, I don't know, I feel like it kind of speaks to, like, the imaginative aspect of theater. Like, kind of letting the show take you where it's trying to take you. I know that I sound like a high school drama (laughs) teacher. I really do. But, like, it's true. Um, So, yeah, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, I mean, coming in as a a theater kid, you know, what what was it like, I mean, seeing it on stage and then also, like, getting to rewatch it now? Yeah, I would say one of the biggest things I noticed um, between seeing it in Chicago live and watching it today on Disney Plus, I think I, I would say one of the biggest like differences I noticed was it was so nice to actually like to today actually be able to see every single moment, every single emotion that crossed a character's face, um, every costume change. There were there are a lot of things that unfortunately with live theater you do miss, and that's that's why I um I'm really happy that uh, this is available to more people now um to watch it back, especially those fans that are like super duper obsessed because there's always new things to uncover, and um I know that like in theater we're taught like make your emotions a hundred times bigger than they would normally be because for someone in the back of the house it's going to be really hard to see what you're feeling unless you over-exaggerate everything. And that's why, I mean, that's why stage makeup has been a thing for centuries in theater is because, you know, you want to overdo all the features because from so far away, it's kind of hard to see that definition. So it'll look normal from 100, 200 feet back. But I feel like this was just, it, it really helped me feel like a little more, just close, I guess, to the characters, I think, this time around, watching it on Disney+, Plus, which sounds kind of, I guess, I guess that sounds like it's not really what you would expect me to say, you know, because, like, literally Mm -hmm. being in the same room as the actors is one thing. And while that is, like, a really marvelous experience, and of course that's worth so much more than watching it on a screen, like, we all know that. Like, there's something so special about live Mm -hmm. theater that can't be replaced by the screen. Um... I still think that the shots and the way things were captured and all those close-ups um, just added a lot of depth that um, that was unfortunately not there for probably everyone in the house seeing it live. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned like being able to see every little thing. Like the first time King George comes on screen, you see like the spittle yeah, coming out yeah. of Jonathan Groff's mouth. <laughs> that like, part is intense. <laughs> Like someone's sitting all the way in the back of the house. No one's ever going to see that unless you're like front row. And I think that's, what's really impressive about this. Like it's able to capture an essential part of his character. Yeah. Like he's, that's, he's literally filming that. That's like best improved by being on the, the recorded version, like a film Mm -hmm. production. His facial expressions. Yeah. His facial Mm -hmm. expression. Like he's most of the time he's just standing there during his scene while he sings. And it's all coming out through his face. And with the camera work there, you can really see like every detail of it. Um, yeah, the camera's always which, very still on him. Like it's yeah. always like a static picture, but you're always seeing like the micro uh like facial expressions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what and I feel like you would definitely miss that if you were in the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I like I it agree. was so funny because Oh sorry, go ahead. Sorry. 
<laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, and for You'll Be Back, I remember, I remember it was just so iconic because they started with this like silhouette shot from behind him and with all the stage lights coming on to the front, like, I don't know, seeing it from behind just gave this whole new, like, royal aspect to his character that I feel mm -hmm. like you can't really get from just watching him walk out on stage, no matter how much right. he, like, struts and acts all pomp, you know? there's <laughs> It just added this... It gave me chills, I feel like, because I was like, oh my gosh, like, the king is here, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Tyler. Like, thank you. Like, going off of... Um like what you said about just catching some of those facial expressions, there is so much you catch with Burr especially. Like when I watched, um, like I forget which one it was. It must have been like Story of Tonight. And mm -hmm. like, I think Aaron Burr like shows up and he's like, he, he tries to like, you know, be, like become more uh, close with Hamilton and Lafayette and all the friends. Um, and you can just like see the scorn like on, on Burr's face when he's like, you know, when he's, like, out by them, especially by Hamilton, you know, and you're like, oh, wow, like, there's already tension brewing. I, I There's just, like, little things you catch, and like, oh, man. They set that up really well. Yeah, I really do love all of the camera work in this because I think it's very easy to make a very alive stage recording feel very dead when you just have static cameras that cut for no reason just between still shots, but I, the camera moves so like fluidly along with every single shot. And there's like motivation behind shots, like advanced character, which you can't really have in theater because you always have one view of the show. Mm -hmm. And I think adding the camera is another interesting addition because like there's the shot uh, before Washington's introduction where you're facing him and you see like, I think it's Burr, over his shoulder. I think that's a very cool shot. I think um, mm -hmm. the shot from above during Battle of Yorktown, where it's like Hamilton and all the soldiers are just around him. Like, there's all these new perspectives that add to the story and the depth that you're definitely missing on stage. And it definitely provides two different unique experiences, both of which are valuable. And this was all recorded like a little over four years ago, right? Yeah. And they just kind of kept it. Mm -hmm. I think like when Hamilton first got really big, Lin-Manuel Miranda said something along the lines of like, this is a uh, movie isn't coming for like another six or seven years. Yeah. And he was just like a couple of years off. I mean, I don't know if this, this is more like a, a live performance recording. I yeah. But I, I think this is like, a, a I movie, think this right? is what he was talking about though. Do you think they'll do like a movie production version of it? Uh, they most certainly will. Like, it's gonna make so much money down the road for them that like, I don't know. I feel like if they made a a film adaptation, it would definitely be like it could be dangerous, dramatized, yeah, a lot mm -hmm. further than what it is in the the musical. But I I like the musical. I think it's balanced well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely think with, like, a film adaptation, like, potentially brewing, yeah, I agree that it's dangerous because I think we've seen a lot of film adaptations <laughs> of Broadway shows go south really fast yeah, like Shrek. <laughs> and be awful. Like, there's that, I don't Watch remember which 
which <laughs> Phantom of the Opera it is, but there's that one Phantom of the Opera that like it just does not hit right, and it's like y'all should not be watching this if you have not seen the show live. Just period. Like that's how it is. But then there's other ones, you know, like the Lady Miserable um, movie. I feel like yeah. was pretty successful, and it's not like fans of the show got like they weren't like in an uproar about how they ruined it and should have cast yeah. this person as that or whatnot. So yeah, we'll see. Of course, uh, alternatively, there is Cats, which was yeah. made a million times better. <laughs> oh, by oh. Uh, yeah. I think it really, yeah. I think it really redeemed some of the shortcomings of the, of the musical as we, yeah. Like yeah. Did another actually episode. looked like cats, you know? Yeah. You finally yeah. get to see yeah, actual cats. Right. Plus so you have mega superstars. That. You have mega superstars. You have Taylor Swift in there. You've got Judy Dench, Ian McKellen, Idris Elba, all superstars. Rebel Wilson. Rebel Jason, Wilson. Derulo, Jason Derulo. Come on. Jason Derulo. Sorry, I cannot believe that. Like, Jason Derulo screaming Taylor milk. <laughs> milk. Was that in 2020? Because that would fit so nicely into the 2020. That led us into 2020. That was like the last, like, I gotta watch Cats still. I I slipped out of that episode. Yeah. Cats was like the last symbol of uh It was of the hint. What was to come. It was yeah, the hint. Was we had slow. like we had corona like brewing abroad and we had cats. And those were the cats, two signs that twenty twenty was, was going to the last down. hope of humanity, Shrey. Yeah. The harbinger of destruction. Yeah. Oh harbinger, <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. Right. Okay, Wordmaster word. It's the right prophet word. of that's doom. <laughs> Um, Sorry, I didn't mean right to here. make this a Cats episode, so let's get out of there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Um, I do want to go back to like some of the performances in Hamilton because I think oh, almost all of the cast is like virtually perfect. You know, I think my favorite performances would include David Diggs as Thomas Jefferson and uh, Lafayette. Mm-hmm. I think... Leslie Odom Jr. definitely is up there. Christopher Jackson. And I think Jonathan Groff is King George also. Okay, guys. Yeah, don't forget about uh, Renee Goldsberry. Oh, yeah. Definitely. She is probably, I think in my opinion, probably the strongest voice throughout the time. I know that's a a bit of a statement. That's a strong... No, I think she definitely is. She satisfied is, is beyond... Almost every other song. I think, and, and that's saying something. I think the one-two punch of helpless and satisfied, mm-hmm. like, I think satisfied actually brought me to tears like a little bit, you know. And me that's too. I didn't have that reaction when I listened to it, or when I saw it at, like at, in Chicago. It was literally only seeing it now, and I think there was something just so good about seeing. The two of them, Philippa Sue and uh, Renee Goldsberry, performing it, that was just so perfect. Yeah, I mean I... the wombo combo. Yeah, is like <laughs> I think that was the that was my favorite part of the show, seeing yeah. those scenes together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the show. It, I feel like although, I don't want to say that the female characters are like overshadowed necessarily but i mean given the time period and everything it it and the fact that it centers around alexander hamilton and he spent like most of his professional life dealing with other men in power like that's how it was and that's that's whatever but 
Um, I think that those few moments that are like completely dominated by the female leads are some of the best in the show. I mean, we have Helpless and Satisfied, like you guys said. I even think Skylar Sisters, even though it's just like a little like kind of like a flirty number and it's a, it's like it, a fun not, break before yeah. we like get too serious you know yes but but that said they still i feel like take that number and those actresses use it to their full advantage like they leverage it so nicely to reveal as much as they can about their characters and like you were saying i think that um oh my gosh what's her name renee renee elise goldsberry goldsberry yes yeah. goldsberry yes yeah i feel like what you said about her voice it's so true and i feel like it matches her character so well and she does yeah. not hesitate to reveal it's that. just so she's, it's so powerful and she's kind yes, of like the the one in charge exactly of the family. And, yeah and it, then there's really, eliza philippa sue i mean she's so much more tender but she has this this side of her where if she gets hurt like she is going to you know, she's not she's not taking prisoners. Like she's yeah. going to come yeah. back at you, and that's I what think, we see in Burn. Yeah, Burn is also such a great performance because it it's very quiet for like a very angry song, I think, and she's justifiably angry. But like, it's so understated until like vi- the very end, where she's like almost full on raging. Like yeah. it's a very slow build, and I think Philip is nails that like that rising rage okay guys I'm kind of yeah I'm... favorite skylar oh. sister peggy skylar <laughs> oh my god period she's so funny and then when <laughs> peggy turns into uh the mistress what's her name yeah i was kind of confused when that happened to be honest because like, andrew's like is that the other sister andrew's like, like did oh, hamilton have a thing with all three of them yeah, right? <laughs> Dirty dog. You had to think this. Yeah, it's Mariah Reynolds. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she, yeah. I do want to go back to David Diggs because I think he's such like an electric personality. Like when he first shows up as Jefferson, like I couldn't stop grinning because he's such yeah, a fun yeah. character, even though Jefferson's not a great person. And he's also not a great person in the show, I would say. But yeah, I mean, I don't think he's supposed to be. Yeah, but David Diggs like really has that charisma to elevate him to another level. Yeah, no, I love David Diggs. I mean, even when he was Lafayette, he yeah. was. I don't remember. Especially, I don't know the songs' yeah. names, guys. I'm sorry, but there was one point where he was like rapping with a French accent, mm-hmm. and I was like. Oh my gosh, like how do you do this? He, and he I don't know. It was really impressive. I also it's know guns I and ships, about, man. Guns and ships. Yeah. Yep. Guns and ships is so good. Anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> is that the one Anarchy? he jumps over the desk, right? Anarchy. Yeah. That's uh, guns that, and ships. That, yeah, guns and ships. He, he yeah. jumped that's his introduction is Lafayette. He jumps over the I do like No, his his introduction is Lafayette is isn't that in the bar, right? Yeah, that's I, in the yeah, bar. Yeah, I mentioned in, in the song, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Like lyrically mm-hmm. in the song, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think... But also... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Andrew. I was going to say, I really like David Diggs. Um, this is going to be a little out there, but la- when Blind Spotting came out, I know we yeah. haven't talked about it on here before, but he's uh, like one of the lead actors there, and he does an awesome job there. Um, 
there's some rap in it also. But he just shows so much emotion. And definitely I agree with his Thomas Jefferson character. He totally lights up the stage. And like, I feel like in the show, Jefferson is really like a showman. Mm-hmm. And he totally makes it work. And it's amazing. Yeah, I think they do a very good job of like bringing out the aspects of the characters that they need to bring out. Like mm-hmm. Burr is this you know, kind of somewhere in the middle kind of sneaky guy. You get that with uh, Leslie Odom Jr.'s very subtle facial expressions showing any shift in emotion or mood. He's very careful, yeah. Yeah. Then you got David Diggs as Lafayette and Jefferson, like both very big performances because they're very big and showy people. Um, I forget who plays um, Madison and... Um, Mulligan. Mulligan. It's yeah. Oh shoot. I don't know how to say it. Okirit. Okiriete, maybe? Yeah. I'm so sorry if I say yeah. his name wrong. I also I know he love goes him. by the nickname Oak, but yeah. Yeah. I love that for him. I think he goes by like Oki. I I love him as Hercules Mulligan. Um when they reveal him as like the spy. It's such a big and bombastic moment. Exactly, yeah. He That's just like, also, isn't that also in uh, Guns and Chips? Yeah, he just like bursts through that whole crowd of the <laughs> the company. Right. I yeah. I love that moment. The bra bra. I am Hercules Mulligan. You know, yeah. he's like yeah. Just yeah. so he's so out there. But it's like, how could you not be here for that? Like, yeah, it's, and it's I love amazing. his transition from that character to Madison is fantastic because it's the complete opposite, really. Madison is, like, kind of the number two guy for Jefferson. He's You you get the sense that he's kind of, like, the brains behind the operation some of the time, you know? Yeah. Um, And he's he's super quiet and reserved. And so that, that like, transition for, you know, as, as like, that kind of character um, is, is, that's got to be really tough to pull off in the show. I mean, you're psyching yourself out with, with uh, Hercules Mulligan, then you got to like really tone mm-hmm. it down for Madison. Like, that's impressive. Yeah. I do really love um, the transition for, I think it's Anthony Ramos as Lawrence and uh, Philip. Like they're both, they're both characters very close to Hamilton's heart. I think like it's even rumored that Lawrence and Hamilton were like romantically in love with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that yeah. is what I read. Yeah. Yeah, and then he has like the obviously the whole father son love for Philip, but both of the characters like end up dying too soon for him. You know, mm-hmm. both die to gunshots early in their life and leave Hamilton very sad. I think they bring two very big turning points for his character. Yeah, I I have to say I am a huge Anthony Ramos fan. Like I still follow his instagram i'm like listening he's putting out new music um Mm -hmm. and it's this is kind of off track but like i don't know i just (laughs) i encourage everyone to go check him out he has really some some phenomenal music and a lot of it touches on like uh, social and political like topics but in a way that is very digestible um just yeah really really great musician really great lyricist and it's kind of cool to like see someone from a show that had such like social and political um i don't know like a magnitude i guess context 
Yeah, yeah, that yeah, and it had an it had a very large like impact in that sense. Yeah, it's cool to like see someone take that into their own personal career and like run with that momentum that they got from being in such a huge show like this. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Aaron, while you brought it up, I think before we get back into you know some of the details about uh, the show, uh, hold on, Andrew just removed the robe, so. Obviously, Tyler and I have oh to gosh. acknowledge that. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, there you go. There we go. Shirtless Andrew. <laughs> there it again. is. This is like, you know, what, I don't fourth know episode, maybe fourth time this yeah, happens. This is, this is becoming a tradition. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be. I only do it with guests that I, I know who they are. Is this? Yeah. Do you guys have to put like a like a label on this? Like NSF. I mean, there's no, there's no video. There's I mean, no video. True, but, uh, yeah. okay. We're towing the line here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's getting kind of raunchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. well, um, um, so as yeah. I was saying, I think before we get into like what we liked and didn't like about the show, I think it's time to talk a little bit about, you know, Hamilton's place in the culture uh, as a show then and now. Because I think Hamilton in 2015 is very different from Hamilton in 2020. Because obviously I think when the show originally came out, like it was very big for pretty much everybody. Like it could be taken as a, just a very patriotic message just in general, which is something people seem to rally about, but it was also this very inclusive worldview where all of these white characters have been turned into various people of color. And I think it was very interesting to see that. I don't know about what you guys thought about that. I mean, when you first heard about the show or saw the show. Uh, yeah, so... I'm gonna, sorry, go Oh, ahead. you want to go ahead, Andrew? No, I go was just going to say, I never really, like, got into it when it came out. You know, I heard a lot about it, but I didn't know very much about it, and I never saw it until now. So, I don't know. It didn't impact me very much. Yeah, Ty? I would say, yeah, like, I think I saw it, like I said, maybe two years ago, a uh, year and a half ago, maybe, um, for the first time. But before that, I listened to the music um, since about a year-ish after it came out, uh, the music came out and everything. And, uh, you know, I, I would say that there were times when some of the stuff in the music would, like, or, you know, just about the general story, I would be like, okay, so they included, like, most things, and it's, like, generally historically accurate, but there's still a few things they kind of gloss over for the sake of storytelling uh, and that kind of thing. Um, and I guess for me, I, it never really was much of a uh, much of a consideration until recently when I, like you, Shrey, I think I, I uh, started, like, reading about some of the things that people have been saying and some of the criticisms that people have, and then kind of just, you know, reevaluating um, the show as a whole and just trying to think more uh, about the the cultural impact and that kind of yeah before we get into hamilton now aaron what what about you your first impressions of yeah. the show i will say yeah so i remember i actually vividly remember my sister um like she like came downstairs if this is so unnecessarily vivid but it's <laughs> It's real. So <laughs> I remember I was like in the kitchen and my sister came downstairs and she was like, dude, like check this musical out. Like, this is crazy. Like listen to this song. And it was, I'm guessing it was probably Aaron Burr, sir, or something. Yeah. One of those big ones. I think that's what it was actually. And I was like, yeah, like that's cool. 
I guess. And she was like, yeah, it's going to be like a show on Broadway, da 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 And I was like, I, I'm tuning you out. And then <laughs> that same year, yeah. I did, I started doing theater in high school. And so obviously I was like in this cast of like, what, like 30 people. And every single one of them is like obsessed with this show. So I was like, I, I got to listen to the soundtrack. And I actually listened to it all the way through. And I was like, Whoa. like, it was crazy mm-hmm. for me. And I, I don't know, like, Honestly, I feel like I don't have as much knowledge of, like, different Broadway shows as your average theater kid. I never really (laughs) spent, like, a lot of time listening to other soundtracks unless it was, like, because I thought the show we were doing that year was going to be that show, you know? So so this one really took me out of that, like, pattern of kind of, like, like, I don't really care (laughs) about what's going on in the theater world. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is huge. And I feel like at that time, it kind of felt, I don't want to say, like, a movement, but it was kind of cool because there was all this buzz surrounding it. So it, it was just really awesome to, like, know all these lyrics and have all your friends kind of know the same lyrics that you do and, like, you can sing the songs together and... It's just this new inventive story that, like, this kind of story wasn't the one we read in history books. Like, in AP US history, like, no one was talking about anyone this way. So, yeah, I I mean, on that note, too, I think at the time, I was just kind of like, wow, how refreshing to cast mostly minorities in these roles. Like... That's kind of that was kind of where my train of thought stopped regarding like the effort for equity or maybe not equity but like to like flip the story I guess mm-hmm. in a new way. So yeah, I've de- I mean I've definitely given it more thought now rewatching it today. But I think at the time I was just like that's a great step for theater because theater in America has traditionally not played to minorities' interests at all. And that's just the truth. I mean, like, historically, that's just how it's been. So, um, definitely doesn't absolve the theater world of all their <laughs> misdeeds. But it, it was, it is quite refreshing and really amazing, especially coming out of a mind, like, such an amazing mind, like Lin manuel Miranda's, someone who has had these experiences and can kind of relate to the immigrant story in his own bloodline and all this. So, yeah. yeah. I was definitely in like a similar boat where I first heard about it and I went in deep, you know, I was like, wow, this is like amazing. <laughs> this is like probably the first thing that got me into musicals, you know, it was this mm-hmm. and then La La Land. Like those were the two steps. And then I was in. Les Miserables. No. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I hate Shut Miz, down. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> I definitely looked at Hamilton very base level. I thought I felt like it was more political than I think I realize it is now. You know, I think while the casting of all these minorities as white people, as white uh, real human beings, I thought that was somehow more of a political statement than I think it actually is. Like, you know, all this idea and talk of the American dream and immigration, I felt like was very powerful and uh, it was refreshing to see it represented in such a popular form of media. But, you know, I also think it was also very apolitical in most ways. Like, it's not really taking a definitive stance in the way that many people thought it did. 
you know, Aaron mentioned it being like kind of part of a movement. And while I think like people interpret it for that, I don't think there was anything really written into it with a very deep political intent. Yeah. Um, I, go ahead, Aaron. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Real quick. But yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely see what you're saying there. I think that the, yeah, the, the sort of, um, flipped casting where minorities make up the majority of the cast was a really cool idea, but I think that it did not dig super far beneath the surface. I feel like it didn't really make, I don't know, at least me as a viewer, I wasn't really considering like how different would America be like yeah. if we allowed minorities to have power so much earlier, like if white people allowed that, you know, that's that's yeah. not really what I was thinking. I would say what was maybe a little more thought provoking was the uh, the orphan slash immigrant slash kind of like impoverished backstory yeah. like it it was a little more you know it's a kind of like a basic rags to riches story but but they did come back to that theme a lot so i do have to give lynn manuel uh miranda credit for that um because i think that did uh provoke a little bit more thought yeah on the viewer's part um you're you were talking about how you know this whole idea of America being so different if like people of color were afforded more power earlier on. And I think that's a lot of where the controversy stems from now, where it's like you're casting these people of color as white uh, historical figures who own slaves and who are openly like racist people. And, you know, like you have a black man playing George Washington, George Washington owned tons of slaves. I think like even his teeth were those of slaves, you know, like, how do, yeah. it's like, how do you reconcile that? You know, um, it's, we talked about this before, but it's like a whitewashing of history that somehow happens with a basically all people of color act or uh, cast, you know, I think it's a very interesting predicament. Yeah. And, you know, Shrey, it is interesting. There are, um, there's, a, there's a few lines, especially targeted toward uh, Jefferson, that kind of expose some of his some of his ways. Like there's there's I can't remember if, if it's in one of the cabinet battles, maybe, but I know that it's in a like, cabinet battle. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do. There is a line or two about how Jefferson owned slaves and potentially mm -hmm. mistreated slaves and that kind of thing. And um, so you do get a little bit of a sense of it there. Washington's character is essentially spotless. Like, there's not yeah. really any yeah. criticisms there, um, any critiques. And, and like, part of me is, um, is you know, like, I want this to be as, like, historically accurate as possible and to portray all the characters, you know, as, as, um, as definitively as we can. But another part of me wants this to be, like, an entertaining thing and, like, a story and a coherent story. And I think yeah. that, like, for the sake of the story... I think if we're looking at this purely from a, like, a production standpoint, some of the decisions that were made to keep the characters like more fictional than not fictional potentially helps the story as a whole. Yeah, I, I definitely see like this working very well if you remove any knowledge of historical context from it. But then once you like get to the place Hamilton has gotten where like it's gotten so big in popular culture where like you know, it's used for teaching in AP U.S. history classrooms, you know? 
I think it represents a very irresponsible view of American history where there is no acknowledgement of the sins of our founding fathers. You know, like Hamilton very much like anti-slavery wasn't really his crusade. He didn't really care about that. I think like, okay, mentioning that Jefferson owned slaves while it's like calling him out, he was maybe the most guilty of it. So in the end, it's not really Mm -hmm. doing much. But, you know, when you get to, like, the level of fandom Hamilton has had, like, people are like, oh, my God, I love George Washington. And it's Mm -hmm. just they love George Washington, but they only know him in the context of the show. They don't really have. That's a good point. It's like if you don't, if you haven't educated yourself, like, Mm -hmm. about some of these characters and, and, like, you just don't have that knowledge of, of, you know, and, like, I can't even say that, like, you know, I have and and that kind yeah. of thing. Like just from you know, like you said, AP US, it's some some of the stuff is very glossed over. And so I think it it isn't is it a good point, an important point to make that yeah. you know you should you should take the time to learn about some of this stuff. Yeah. And that's I not to say it's not like self aware, because there are like definitely lyrics that kind of allude yes. to modern day problems. Like um I think it's very early in the show. Uh I think Lafayette says it. He says something about like cops in allusion to um, the British troops. Uh, I think it's oh, in. Oh yeah, there is yeah. there is a line. It's I can't remember. Is it like Yorktown? Maybe I, it's. I know what you're it's, talking about. It's it's very early. I think it's like it's either my shot. I think it's my shot. Um, but it's like during his introduction. And I think that's a very deliberate acknowledgement of, you know, um, police brutality against, like, black Americans, you know, with Lafayette being played by David Diggs, a black man. But those moments come so far in between, you know. Mm-hmm. The other really, really big one is, yeah. uh, is the black and white soldiers wondering, like, mm-hmm. if this really means freedom. And then, I, is it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's Washington that says not yet? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I maybe. So. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I can't remember for sure, but that I know that that's also, like, it's it's not quite, uh, like, a definitive statement on Washington there, but it does definitely call attention to Washington. Um, and I think that, like, you know, Lin-Manuel put that in there to call attention to the fact that, you know, we're not, the problems are not done. You know, yeah. it was an ongoing yeah. thing. I think it but definitely. I will, I will agree with you that it doesn't. It doesn't quite cover everything that it could. Yeah, it definitely. I think that moment, while create like while providing a statement, it also serves to paint Washington in a more positive light in an area that he's more in the dark about. You know, like yeah, I can see. I see what you mean. Yeah, like he's pro abolition in the show, where in real life. That really was not him. Yeah. See, I it was know. interesting because I interpret that. I almost interpret that like he's the one who's saying like, my, like he's saying my character was not respond like was responsible for there not being equality. You know what I mean? Yeah. But maybe that's just like two different interpretations yeah. of that line. I definitely think one of the issues with you know making any kind of production about historical figures is that you know people aren't perfect and most people have mess ups and like big mess ups you know like a lot of the founding fathers aren't uh i guess as idealistic as people 
are taught and tend to think of them. Um, mm -hmm. And I think Tyler made a really good point when he said, that, you know, like Lin Manuel Miranda was still trying to make an entertaining story about this. So he kind of had to, I think, decide at one point on you have to make them fictional characters at some point, you know. They're not like exactly the same people that they're based off of. Mm -hmm. And he's using that as more like a plot element. Um, and then mm -hmm. I also think maybe using like a more diverse cast is, I guess, not as much a, I don't know, like, like a big political statement as it is uh, like a statement within the theater industry of like getting more diverse actors involved in productions. At least that's just my point of view. I haven't, you know, done a ton of research or anything. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think you have a good point there where, and if, if anything, I think it would have, the, the way that the show was casted, I feel like it would have had much more influence in the realm of theater rather than like the entire socio-political sphere of America like you know people weren't just like oh maybe we should rethink history like entirely you know just because this show came out and I think I don't know I feel like my general standpoint on this topic is that the problem begins when we kind of like give Hamilton uh we give it the position of teacher or like we're exactly. looking to when be influenced it, politically it by the, it. Yeah. When you make it the history lesson, you can't, you, you can't right, just because, rely on. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like we can't really say that this musical was written to like change minds or completely rewrite history in like a new or proper lens or even expose the faults in our history. Like, I, I don't think that was the purpose of it, at least not the primary purpose. And while yeah. it might do that a little bit, we can't look at this like it's some absolute retelling of history because it's not. And of course, yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to have to expound upon those dramatic moments and uh, certain characteristics of certain characters that, yeah, it, it does give us a little bit of a um, dilapidated almost view of their character where we, we sort of see certain characteristics or qualities as more prevalent in their lives than they likely were. And right. that, that is kind of part of theater, especially when you're dealing with um, a story that is mostly um, historically accurate. Yeah, I think it's very interesting to look at Hamilton's popularity because I think a large part of that stems from the fact that it is not political, you know? it's not taking a hard stance either way, which is why it's able to appeal to such wide audiences, you know, and it also focuses on a founding father rather than like someone from, a, I guess you would say more controversial part of history. You know, we generally tend to like agree that the founding fathers were like a great part of history with like knowing very little context about them. Like, you know, they're the reason we have our independence, you know, which is why right. we're able to look at them with so little, I guess, consideration for any greater context. And so the question comes like, 
should a stage play created as entertainment with historical figures as characters like should we consider that to be like something political that stands for something or do we take it as like just the straight up piece of art that it is presented as you know where these political characters are characters they're not actual they're not the actual people being represented you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, one I, reason those criticisms come about is because people maybe give it too much credit. Um, again, like I guess being the teacher, it's not like supposed to be the whole shebang. It is a show. Uh, I'm not sure how much Lin Manuel Miranda intended it to become when he made it. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's something you have to think about too. Yeah, I I was reading the. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ty. Go ahead. So I was I was reading something very interesting. Is that I think Lin Manuel is a fairly big history buff, and he actually based uh, came up with the idea for Hamilton after reading. Uh, there's a there's a biography I think by, by like, Ron Chernow. Yeah, yeah, I read that. Called, called Alexander Hamilton, right? Just called Hamilton, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's it's it, I, I think it's it is meant to be uh, a retelling of a, of a historical figure that has largely kind of been forgotten, overshadowed throughout the course of history. Um, probably more than a retelling of the founding of America as a whole. So I think it is supposed to be, and, and you can see that in the title. I mean, it's, it is just focusing on Hamilton and his life. Um, and other characters kind of just pop in and out with the exception of a few. So I think that's a yeah, act- point to make. Yeah, actually, I was just going to say, like, the same thing, because I just, it just came back to me that um, maybe a a couple years back, when it was still kind of a really, a really prevalent show, and it was a cultural hot topic, um, I think I remember there was a PBS special on it, and I I don't think I watched the whole thing, but I remember from the parts I did watch, um, Lin-Manuel Miranda was very very focused on and like adamant about explaining his infatuation with Hamilton as a historical figure and just the idea that we have so much more to unpack from from one person's life like in our history like we can read their name in a textbook but there's always going to be so much to their story that we don't know so Tyler I do think you're right that he was really just looking to kind of expound upon this character and give some insight into his life that your average mm-hmm. uh, American with a high school degree definitely would not know of, like, at all. I, mean, I, yeah. I barely knew about Hamilton. I feel like I wouldn't even, I probably would have barely been able to tell you that he was the one, like, uh, kind of um, leading the charge toward having a central bank. Like, I... You know, like at the time right, when it came out, right, exactly. I was like, I was like Hamill who? Like, I, I seriously <laughs> yeah. was so uneducated. So I, I definitely think in that sense of Lin-Manuel's, Lin-Manuel's purpose, I feel that if that truly was his purpose, which I think was his primary goal, um, I, I do think he succeeded, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely, I think, I think that- he's definitely made Alexander Hamilton like a household name, which is yeah. something that would not have been true five years ago. Certainly. Even though like, he's on the $10 bill. 
Yeah, that's so true, though. So true. It's so embarrassing. (laughs) And it's like, who's this guy? Yeah. Right, right. You're like, who? Wait, because like before, yeah, before the before the musical, I was like, yeah, Hamilton. Like I was in the same boat, Aaron. Yeah, I probably couldn't tell you anything about him outside of the fact that he was like a founding father. And and I think it's really cool because like Lin Manuel saw some of himself in, in Hamilton's character. Um, and was able to, I mean, obviously play the character very well, but also like write a very convincing account of his life um, and his emotions, which, you know, we, we would have never seen that. Um, we were, you could probably never um, get that kind of figure to the, to the level of, uh, you know, uh, to the level of where he's at now and where, you know, we kind of like remember like Alexander Hamilton, like for like a generation, they're going to be still talking about this guy, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's, interesting to see like where hamilton entered our culture where whereas like it's kind of died down a little bit more over the past few years and now where it's re-entering about four years down the line because i would say 2016 is where it really took off and now 2020 is where we're reintroducing it 2016 it's like introduced around the time of like um the 2016 election you have the Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. You have all these political issues of immigration and stuff like that coming up. And immigration obviously is like a very big topic in Hamilton, mainly because Hamilton himself was an immigrant and Lin-Manuel was as well. And he sees that part of Hamilton in himself. And, I think over the past four years of Hamilton's like life and pop culture, we've seen that optimism over immigrants really, you know, change in what we can do, you know, because mm-hmm. obviously with the whole immigrants, we get the job done. It's a very optimistic American dream kind of vibe we're getting. And now four years down the road, it's, I think in a very different place. I, Yes, I I would definitely agree. And yeah, that is actually really interesting that you point that out because I, yeah, I feel like that line spoke to everyone so Mm -hmm. much just just because it was like this burst of confidence from like someone, like a group of people per se that I think you could certainly argue has not been given enough credit in this country, like, for the things that they have done. Like, immigrants have done a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, And it's also kind of this idea that, like, even, like, the fact that a founding father was an immigrant, like, should probably, I don't don't know, I I definitely think should influence people's perspectives a little bit on uh, immigration. And that that doesn't mean you're going to be completely changed or you know, be 100% one way or the other. But I certainly think that people who have a very strong sense of American pride and um, are really into American history and love to celebrate the Founding Fathers, you know, should really... I, I think that Lin-Manuel Miranda is definitely trying to draw attention to that aspect of Hamilton's character and saying, like, look at this guy that we all, like, worship, basically. Like, we all not all of us, but you know, we, he's looked up to and he's like this big person who did so much for our country and he was an immigrant himself. But I, I would agree, Shrey, that today the discussion of immigration, I feel like has 
Huck a much more, not to say pessimistic um, turn, but I, I think just a lot more realistic. Like, I think mm-hmm. people are being more pragmatic. They're being more honest about um, the things that are happening. You know, like um, the treatment of immigrants. Yeah, it's... the treatment of immigrants, uh, you know, corruption within ICE. Like, these things are coming up, and maybe I just wasn't seeing them or listening to them four years ago, but I, I at least from my perspective, it certainly seems that these um, much more serious topics regarding immigration are being pushed to the forefront of uh, our discussion and kind of like the social political scene today. Yeah, I think like where it went from in 2016 being like, you know, kind of like a very celebratory kind of thing, like acknowledge us and our accomplishments, it's become a bit more of like a much more vital thing. Like I think viewing Hamilton now, it's it's almost more urgent, you know, to recognize the contributions of immigrants when you hear the immigrants we get the job done it's like urging you to finally recognize their accomplishments where you may not have seriously looked at them four years ago and i think that's a really i think that's one of the very good things about it being released particularly now you know like released right before the fourth of july like peak patriotism like this is forcing you to take a look at what you believe America was. And while Hamilton is not like a perfect portrait of that, I think this pro-immigration message, which I think is one of the strongest messages it has, is very vital and much more powerful now than it was when it was introduced to pop culture. Yeah, Yeah, well said. Yeah. Well, I think we probably want to head back to, you know, just talking about stuff we liked. I think we got a bit deep there, All but right. yeah. I'm you guys got a favorite song? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Andrew, so hit us with all, it. All the music, right? I think this is the first time this was done. You mentioned all of it, the, or the whole story being told as lyrics, but also I think it's the first time where a major part of the show was rap music, you know? Like, that's never really been done in a musical setting before now. And I think it kind of brought rap music out of the shadows a little bit for some people. Like, I know my mom kind of hates rap music. And she she tells me it a lot. But she enjoyed the show, you know. She was like, you know, I like this music in the show. And I was like, Mom, this is rap music. So yeah. I don't I don't know what's up with that. But. I definitely agree. Like my dad, I my mom and dad are not fans of rap. I would probably say, but the Hamilton and Hamilton mixtape albums are like two of the only albums we own on iTunes. So anytime my dad like is driving anywhere and his phone connects to like the Bluetooth in the car, I think one of the two albums will start playing, and he just he plays that. He doesn't like switch over to Spotify where he has other music. He just listens to Hamilton. So today we're we were watching it and he's like he's singing along to all the songs like albeit like he doesn't know all the lyrics because he doesn't listen to it that much so he's messing up a lot of them but you know it was very interesting to see like him not being a fan of rap and then like rapping along a little bit or like singing along to certain songs I think 
it's made it more accessible even though even if it isn't really rap you know yeah yeah i i definitely agree unfortunately i feel like with my dad i did not have the same experience (laughs) he He was just kind of like here's the thing though he is someone who and i don't i don't know about your guys's parents but my dad is very very into theater he directed shows i okay they're not very high caliber shows to be fair because it was middle school but he did teach (laughs) at a middle school for 30 something years and he directed shows all of those years and like they have a hallway which is lined with all these cast pictures so like this man is invested in theater um and he did it in high school and stuff so so hamilton wasn't really his thing but i think he did kind of write it off because of the like hip-hop and rap influences he was just kind of like like that's not really my vibe but also, I don't think that it was trying to reach him, necessarily. Because, again, like he's someone who's already been kind of invested in theater. Um, mm-hmm. I think that this also worked in the other way, to bring people who might be, have been a little more on the fringes of theater toward you know, what it's actually about. And helping them to realize, okay, like even though theater kids can be really, really <laughs> freaking annoying, and like they are a different breed... Uh, theater, musical theater like can be for me like this actually is digestible and it's about something different and it's presented in a different way so um, I definitely think it was cool to have a reimagining of what American theater sounds and looks like yeah you mentioned that I mean I did mention it earlier like Hamilton is literally the thing that got me into musicals like I'm by no means an expert on musical theater or musicals in general, but you know, I've definitely found that I really enjoy watching them, and Hamilton is like the first thing that got me into that. So, awesome. I definitely appreciate it for that. Yeah, I, I'm right I there that. with this, right? Yeah. Uh, Tyler was asking this earlier, but we got some favorite songs in here. I think we want to save Aaron for last because Aaron's the musical theater kid. He's got a He's the expert here. I'll, I'll go ahead and for go with you guys. I'm going go to bite my tongue. <laughs> All right. Um, so, like, I, I don't know if I have, like, a definitive favorite song. I have, like, two, maybe three songs that are right there. Um, I have to say that Satisfied would definitely be one of the two. Uh, we've talked about it a lot, but both the song and the stage uh, production, I'm not quite sure what you call it, the, just how the stage, like, rotates and it goes mm-hmm. back in time, and you really get like a sense that um, that was one of the cast's favorite songs to do, and one of uh, you know Lynn's favorite songs to to write and come up with. Um, and the second song that I I love so much is "One Last Time," which is a little bit more obscure. Yeah. It's with, um, it's with uh, Hamilton and Washington, and it is essentially just Washington stepping down as uh president and just the shock that comes with that for hamilton because obviously hamilton wasn't expecting that and he becomes super afraid and it's washington essentially reassuring hamilton that like things will be okay but i think that chris jackson's voice just is shown perfectly in this song and like i said earlier he's um one of the my my favorite voices in in the whole musical and this song in particular showcases just how insane his voice can be so th- those two are my favorite. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. I think 
Hamill, I think uh, Helpless and Satisfied is probably the best one-two punch. I think it's the most perfect moment in the show. Um, I think Guns and Ships and uh, Yorktown are very similar songs in that they're very big and energetic, and I really like them for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I do also love the smaller moments with Burr and Hamilton. So like Dear Theodosia, I think, yeah, is another really good one. Good stuff. And shoot, I do love uh, Washington on your side or his side, whichever one it is. Mm-hmm. The, the, is kind it? of the taunting one. Yeah. yeah. With, uh, Washington on your Jefferson. side. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Plus any moment where David Diggs just like, Breaks out and goes crazy. Yeah. Andrew, what do you got? Um, so, sorry, I'm like literally looking at the list of songs so I can tell you what they're called. But I think the ones that I really like are, I really like Dear Theodosia. That one mm-hmm. is just like calming. I don't know. It makes me feel good. It's and very it's touching. Really, and, makes you know, me cry a little bit. Yeah. I also yeah. really like uh, You'll Be Back. With the <laughs> yes, I don't yeah, know. That one's just really funny, and also it sounds good. And we mm-hmm. need to play it on the cello once, so I don't know. Maybe a little biased. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And then I also have. Can I have another one too? Yeah. Go ahead, man. So Take I also have the ten, the ten dual commandments thing. Oh. But yes. I like that one also because it, you know, like shows up multiple times the motif shows up multiple yeah. times throughout the show and i think it's really cool how they use it in different ways like that mm-hmm. all right aaron hit us with some okay. knowledge knowledge this is gonna be a little tough beat okay so i feel like for me with hamilton i kind of went through like phases of my favorite songs you know i had like my aaron burr alexander hamilton phase where i was like these are the big like numbers like those were the ones like if you pulled up the youtube playlist those were the ones with like millions of views and you were like these are like the defining numbers for this show which is i feel like still true in a sense like i mean those are the big ones they introduce big characters um but i feel like i after i did listen to it a couple times and even so i i don't know i think i might have left it for a little bit and kind of come back you know sometimes you wear it out so you have to take a break um, I definitely think in hindsight, I have new favorite numbers that not everyone would consider to be, like, big or insanely powerful. Um, actually, first, though, I have a <laughs> least favorite. Okay. Oh, yeah. I have oh. a least favorite, and I have to get it off my chest. Adam's administration? I, def- nope. No, I like no. Adam's administration, actually. That's oh, one of the oh, ones sorry. I'm, like, not mad at, <laughs> even though it's... T- well, that's that's funny that you say that, though, because it's, like, such a small one, and everyone's like, what is mm. up with this? Like, you fat... That's the one where he get- calls him that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just, yeah, like, yeah. so random, yeah. and you're like, what it's the hell so is that? It's just so random. Yeah, yeah. But, sorry, I but, actually don't mind it either. I just know people don't No. Mind. Well, exactly. That's the thing, is you would expect that, but... Okay, me, wait, hold on one second, Aaron. I think yes. we want to try and guess this before you <gasps> okay. tell us what it is. Okay. Like right, that, yeah, right. that's yeah. fun. Let's hold play up, a little game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm, uh, um, is it who lives, who dies, who tells your story? Because there's some moments I don't like in that. I gotta say. No. 
that one is actually well parts oh, oh. of that one are my fave but parts okay. of it are not good i would agree yeah is it the room where it happens the room where it happens no. is so good i forgot to mention that <laughs> i think it's really good but i don't know aaron said it would throw us up. um <laughs> is, it, is it uh it's gotta be hang on, is, hang on. is just, it we know it's not okay no, it's not that controversial of an opinion, but I, I certainly think that not refuted. It's no. blow us all okay. away. Okay, Hamilton. Okay, Hamilton is like a it's big chunk of the song. Or okay, Hamilton is. Yeah, okay. Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, history has Hurricane. its eyes on you. Boom! Tyler got it. Tyler got what it. Is it. What is it? Hurricane. Hurricane. Oh what? I do oh. n- I do not mess with Hurricane and I can't oh. tell you why. I think something about him singing about when he was younger, the lyrics just it's not the right moment and it's just like not good. Like I don't know, something about like Mom, don't die and like I should have died or something. <laughs> Mom, like I'm like, dude, die. really? That said, rewatching it in the context of the musical Yes, the I context was helpful. I was gonna say because it, it saved right, because the song. Mm-hmm. the context does save the song even because though alone is, is i'm not a fan of it, down around him. Yeah. it yeah exactly and that's where i do give him a little bit of respect for like the hurricane metaphor because it's true like mm-hmm. he's in the calm of the storm where he knows that like his life is literally about to turn to shambles like in front of him and this scandal is going to get out and it's literally going to destroy him and i mean obviously we saw that that's what it did but there was that one moment where he was like he had time to contemplate um, so I do respect it for that, but oh my gosh, I, I've tried to love it, and oh, I just I feel I like kind of agree. Yeah, Ugh. it's okay. very much like a transition song between the <laughs> yeah. two moments. Which yeah, so it has purpose, but I also feel like it didn't have to be there, and I yeah. don't know. Part of it just seems a little cringy for me. So, but I would say okay, all time favorite <laughs> song, I think. Has to be satisfied. I really do think it has yes. to be satisfied. Yeah, it's gotta be. I just think rewind, like rewinding. Oh okay, my gosh, yeah, just yeah. the way Angelica tells it, it's just so heart wrenching. And you're like, wow, like that kind of self sacrifice is such an incredibly like dramatic motif. Like that's such a that idea is just oh my gosh. Which again, that it's very much a part of the character, but not reality. Which that's, I think is a right, very important sh- thing to note. I'm sure that's true. Like, oh my it, goodness. Is that think, really what happened? Like, really? Angelica? She was she was married for like <laughs> three years or something like that before. And she had five kids by the time she met Hamilton. So come on now. She really. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah, definitely it's a good story. <laughs> it's yeah. It's oh, a great character story. building. Um, um, it's not the real person. Building. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I also. I have a special spot in my heart for, um, what, oh my gosh, what am I thinking of? Stay Alive Reprise, where, mm. where Philip is, his last Dying. moments. I, something about that counting in French at the end, like, the way Eliza, yeah. like, breaks it off and, in, like, into, like, a silent cry. Yeah, just, it's just, like, so emotional. Away, yeah. And the yeah. heartbeats. Yeah, uh, the heartbeats and everything. Yeah, that that one, definitely, that was one mm. when I was, like, a freshman. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to die, Mom. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. For no reason. Just to be dramatic. Just don't get in a duel. 
know. Yeah. Do. Just God, don't solve problems with duels. I and love didn't non-stop Hamilton too. learn? It kind of bothers me that like Hamilton legitimately did the same thing that got his son killed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's sad. I also read with his son, like they both didn't shoot for like several minutes. You know, like they did the whole paces thing. They turned, and then neither of them shot for like a while. And then eventually, like that. the other dude, like turned and shot him in the ribs. But it yeah. took a long time to get to that point. And I don't think that either of them were shooting to kill either. You know, like the, yeah, the... they shot him in the kneecap and he died. <laughs> yeah. Well, like Hamilton just aimed his gun straight up in the air, and I'm pretty sure that's the accurate account of, yeah. of the duel. And then the bullet just, fell like, back down. Didn't and believe he died. the bird would kill him. Yeah. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for educating us. Uh, before we go, anybody have some final thoughts on Hamilton? I have a, thought about I have a final thought. You go first. Yeah. My final thought is, Hamilton, are you really a protagonist? We didn't really touch on this, but <laughs> oh my gosh, this man literally ruined Eliza's life twice. Yeah. Like maybe she was imperfect and maybe the show made her seem a little more like innocent and like pure than she was. But dude, really? He was. I don't know. That's all I have to say. Cheating scumbag a bit. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't really think he was a protagonist. I don't Maybe there wasn't a protagonist. Sister? Both of her sisters. (gasps) Both of her sisters. (laughs) Both, yeah. (laughs) Peggy. Peggy as Mariah. That's uh, a really Andrew, what were you saying? I was okay. This is gonna bring us like out of the discussion. So, <laughs> like, does anyone want to say anything? Tyler, go ahead, man. All right. I, yeah, go I ahead. I was just gonna say uh, the double stuff cinema just got an Instagram. <laughs> so if you're interested, <laughs> if you're interested. Trey said he was gonna put this in the beginning if he could make it feel natural. Uh, but I'm gonna say it now. Because I think he would have forgotten. What's the at thing, Shrew? It is DSC Pod. Yeah. The at thing? So, yeah. yeah. The at, the at for Instagram. I don't know. Isn't that how it works? Yeah. I just joined Instagram. I'm a little confused. Yeah. What the at thing? We all are. Um, all right, Andrew. Well, thank you for, for making sure I didn't forget. Even though I didn't, I was going to mention it. After we finish talking about Hamilton. But yes. <laughs> I asked <laughs> um, if anyone else had something to say. Uh, yeah, so I'll have the Instagram information in the description. We have our Twitter down there as well. Um, leave us some reviews on iTunes, you know. Tell us who you'd like to have guest or if you'd like to guest. We can get in or contact with you. suggest episodes, maybe. Yeah. Just anything. We just would really appreciate some five-star reviews there in iTunes. So send us a you... poke on Facebook. Just yeah. kidding. We don't once, once we make Facebook, we're really going to yeah. get out there and dominate all social media. Is it 2010 or... <laughs> Sorry. It's 2001. Hey, we're going to go back to MySpace. Does um, I think it still does. Keep... No, no, no. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, oh, it was such an honor. Yeah. I'm really glad I could do this. Yeah. 
It's been great. Thanks for uh, having me. Of course. This has been Double Stuff Cinema. Get stuffed.